Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented, of course, by DraftKings. Hopefully everybody had an awesome, you know, I was going to say long weekend. I guess it's not really a long weekend, but because the final show of the week is typically Thursday mornings with Greg Cosell, although that's different this week. I'll get into that a little bit later. I guess every weekend's a long weekend here on the offseason for the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Since we last spoke, I saw my high school team win the district championship. First time ever. Girls basketball. That was awesome. Went to lunch with my mom at my favorite place to have pizza in the world, GNA Pizzeria in West Reading. Then I gave a speech for the Olivet Boys and Girls Club Thursday night on my birthday, which was awesome. I appreciate everything those people do and for bringing me in as the keynote speaker. Friday, had a little uh, dinner, birthday dinner with my wife, which was great. Saturday, I went to a Gala, or is it Gala? I don't even know what they're called. G-A-L-A. I think either pronunciation is sufficient. So I gained my typical six pounds since last Thursday. That's okay. I'll get it back by this Thursday. Schedule will be a little bit different this week. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show. We will have a spread the word winner via social media. I'm going to say dealer's choice this week. Meaning, I'm not going to tell you what it would be. It could be an Instagram follow. could be a YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I'm not going to tell you today, or at least I haven't decided yet, who's going to spread the word winner is going to be. Sponsor confirmation email winner. So many good ones. Raycon Earbuds, ExpressVPN, Labatt Blue. Got a bunch of them that you can win this week. Really excited, by the way, about today's guest. He's a former O-lineman. Like me, and unlike me, well, I guess I technically kind of did, but this guy actually wrote a book all about the draft, which is absolutely perfect. I mean, perfect timing for this time of year. So let's get into it. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. As promised, we are joined by Andy Phillips. Look, I've got the book right here, ready to go 
For those of you checking us out on YouTube, round zero inside the NFL draft by Andy Phillips. Now, Andy, I don't know if I know everything about you, but I'll try. Um, played college football at Central Michigan, was primarily center, didn't get drafted, but signed as a free agent. Take, take me through the, uh, before we dive into the book, take me into the football career. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ross. Uh, I went to Central Michigan as a defensive lineman. And like a lot of Mac linemen, they, they get you there telling you what you want to play. And then at some point in your first year, you get switched over. Uh, I went through a period between my senior year of high school and my first two years in college where I had a surgery every winter break. It's every old lineman does that. But yeah, I started uh, my retro freshman year, started five games at center. And then I bumped over to left guard the next three years. Um, but I was a more of a natural center, but my offensive line coach, the great Mike Cummings, uh, during that time, he was just get the best five guys on the field and we'll figure it out. And uh, that meant me playing guard and it just kind of stuck there. Uh, after college, I ended up, yeah, I went out to train in California at Exos. My agent, Carter Chow, who's in, in the book as well with Dean Dubin Sports, uh, they flew me out there, shipped me out there for three months and just trained my butt off. And uh, end of the day, I was 6'2 even, 300 pounds soaking wet and played in the Mac. And I was playing, I guess, out of position. I guess, you know, I was more of a center, but I was playing guard. Um, but regardless, I, I thought I had a shot. Uh, ended up going undrafted, unsigned, got a tryout opportunity in Green Bay at their rookie camp, a.k.a. we just drafted some D linemen. We need a, we need a blocking dummy. Come on out. And I was all right, here, here we go. And then if I didn't make it there, I was in Kansas City the next weekend. But I was only one of the 25 tryout guys to get a contract after the rookie camp. I didn't know it was that hard to do. I figured, oh, they invited me. They're not going to waste a plane ticket on me. Billion-dollar organization, I'm thinking about the plane ticket. And uh, anyways, got signed there, lasted, you know, the four or five months. Saw some guy. I didn't get a signing bonus. Saw some guys that did get signing bonuses walk out the doors before me. Uh, I was the – I would say I was probably the last or one of the last cuts. I mean, when they cut me, they kept me around an extra day just to say, hey, we're, we're, we want to keep you. We just got to figure out if we can. I mean, you got, we got numbers issues here. Um, you know, they kept three centers in the active roster the year before, but that year they could only keep two. And I, I guess if I'm not going to get a, a roster spot, Corey Lindsley and J.C. Treader were good guys to, to lose out to back in 2015 in Green Bay. But, uh, yeah, stayed in shape that year and – you know, got calls from them pretty much every week saying, be ready, be ready, be ready. And, you know, I remember when I got cut, I asked Elliot Wolf, who was the assistant GM to Ted Thompson then. I said, so what do you guys do? I'm just curious where my, you know, football life goes from here. How do you guys decide, hey, we're signing somebody who just got cut from another organization? Because you obviously would like your guys more, you would think, because you know more. And he just kind of told me, he goes, well, first off, we look at our pre-draft rankings, see who got cut, look at our pre-draft rankings. If there's anybody we had somewhat high – then we might t- you know have some conversations, take a look at the preseason film, go from there. Right about then, I knew my football career was over because clearly I didn't have high pre-draft rankings as no one wanted me after the draft. But I had a great experience in Green Bay. I honestly did. It was you know it, it was a dream. And I'm from Michigan. I grew up a Lions fan. Um, still still root for the Lions. But Green Bay was just always big brother in the division my entire career. And I'm a football history junkie. So, obviously, going to Green Bay and being able to step out in Lambeau Field a few times was pretty incredible. But that was my football That's my football life. And then, again, I wasn't going to let not playing stop me from talking about the game. So, I, I've been doing a bunch of 
you know, between radio, podcasting, writing, doing some stuff for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, writing this book. I just stay stay involved with it. I got, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. I can always find time outside of my, my full-time job. That is awesome, man. Everything about that is awesome. First of all, I I just want the listeners to know these these rookie minicamp tryouts have become really like a popularized thing over the last 10 years. It didn't used to be that way. First of all, they didn't used to have a rookie minicamp. It used to be full squad right after the draft. And I've told stories about my initial NFL uh, minicamp with, you know, LeVar Arrington and uh, Bruce Smith and Daryl Green and all these guys, Big Daddy Wilkinson. So I just want you guys to know it is almost impossible to get signed as a rookie tryout guy like Andy did. To be the one of 25 guys that they actually signed, that's incredible. I'm surprised that you didn't get signed after camp. I mean, uh, that your agent felt good enough to spend the three months on you um, and pay for that. They obviously thought that you had a shot to get signed. But that that's, a, that's an awesome story. Two-time captain, by the way, at Central Michigan. Um, I got a lot of more questions, but I do want to get into the book. So um, I guess I'll start with this. What do you do for the Pro Football Hall of Fame? So I reached out. To them, you know, what's funny is your name got brought up when I, so I talked to a guy named John Sadak. I don't know if you know, John, he does some announcing with, uh, broadcasting with the NCAA tournament. He's the voice of the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. I I connected with him on LinkedIn a couple years ago and I was like, Hey, listen, I'm kind of in a rut. I've been doing this like a blog stuff, my own podcast, some filling stuff with the local radio, but I'm kind of in a rut. I want to like progress to do something bigger with this hobby. I said, he referenced you. He said, you don't have the NFL pedigree of Ross, who was around a lot longer than you. And if you know me, I, you don't have to feel weird saying stuff around me like that. Like, I know exactly what I am. And I was like, yeah, I know I don't. I was barely there. But he goes, that's kind of the guy you should be looking towards, you know, because he's really carved out his path and his niche and his way in this industry. And he goes, what you need to do is go, even if it's for free for a little bit, contact somewhere, whether it's your local sports station whether it's the local paper whether anything just see if you can do something under their label and do what you want to do and I was like interesting well I immediately had the thought of I love the history of the game I hate that guys my age 31 years old I guess at the time I was probably 29 or 30 but I hate that guys just don't understand the past of the game you don't have to be alive to respect the greats you you can YouTube's great documentaries read books like and I said I would I called the Pro Football Hall of Fame and I said I would love to just do some contributory articles for you. I have ideas that I'd like to write. I would love to do that. I, you don't need to pay me. And I interview with them. I guess you can call an interview for an hour. I talked to Rich, the uh, senior editor there. And he said, yeah, I mean, what do you have in mind? So I ended up doing like a handful of articles for them on the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The one I'm most proud of was probably the one about the Miami Dolphins offensive line that actually led the league with fewest sacks allowed nine years in a row back in the Marino era. And I just, I, I think it's a streak that we never talk about and people just don't even know about. Heck, most of the players involved in the offensive line probably didn't know they, they, they had done. But I think it's just one of the most underrated things ever. You can't lead the league in nine, nine years in anything these days. Anything. And they led the league with few sacks for nine straight years. I thought that was, I mean, stuff like that with the Hall of Fame is what I did. Andy, 
That is an incredible stat. I never knew that. Now, a lot of that, obviously, is Marino's quick release. Helps. But that's unbelievable because they were throwing the ball a ton. Yeah. What well, years? Do you know offhand what years it was? Uh, if I can remember, I want to say it started maybe in – I want to say – I would say about 83 maybe. So okay, started, 83 to like 92-ish. I, yeah, and I, and I interviewed the guy I talked to about it. Really, my first experience kind of doing an interview for an article, which helped me for the book, was I talked to Dwight Stevenson about it, the great center. And I was like, did you guys know this? And he said, like, I mean, we knew we were good. We knew we were always up there. But to say I knew we did it nine straight years, I mean, obviously not. And That, that is incredible. Love it. Um, so, Andy, you, you and I have a lot of similarities. And uh, I'm a big fan of what you're doing um, before I get into the book, though, um, you, you have a full-time job? What's your full-time job? I'm always curious about that. So the title on my door is Business Insurance Sales Executive. Essentially, I help insure companies and organizations. Uh, I'm, a, I guess, an agent, a broker, whatever you want to call it. I don't do personal lines. Our agency does. But I work at the Urconic Agency in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And, uh, yeah, just help protect businesses. I think it's kind of Urconic? Yeah, do you know your comic? Oh, you probably I know, know your comic. Yeah, there's your comic in Reading. That's where I used yeah. to have to go. What's it called when you need someone to like validate your signature? Oh, notarized. Yeah, the notar- yeah, the notary. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I had to go to get stuff notarized. That's amazing. Andy lives in Allentown yeah. now, and I grew up yeah. in Reading. I live in Harrisburg now. All right, we gotta get to the book, dude. All right. You wrote a whole book about the draft. Why the draft and, um, wow, 200 pages. Exactly. Why, why the draft and, um, tell me about it. Yeah. So I, I love to write, always want to kind of write a book. And I, every year I just noticed I was watching the draft. This has been 20, I think 2020, no, 2021. I was watching the draft and every year in the first round, I think to a story that happened to me, I got a call an hour before the first round in 2015. Obviously, I knew my phone would not ring until day three, if it did. But hour before the first round, Dave Magazine, the great offensive line coach, he was with the Chicago Bears then. Rest in peace, he's passed since then. But he calls me and he goes, Andy, I just want to congratulate you. It's going to be a great weekend for you. Life-changing. Can't wait to talk to you. All right, then. Well, I guess the Bears like me, you know. And I had talked to him a few times before, but I remember thinking, if they're wait- if he's wasting his time an hour before, before the first round, give me a call. They had a couple of late round picks. I bet the least premium is a free agent. After the draft, it was radio silent from the Bears. Just did not want anything to do with me. And uh, I think they maybe reached out the day after the Sunday to like my agent. Hey, if he doesn't have anything going on, he can come to a rookie camp. But I was always every year in the first right before the first round starts, I always think like I wonder who's getting that call. And then more importantly, where's the miscommunication in the organizations? What don't we know? Because I think I know a lot about the NFL, the history, the game, the draft. But that still baffles me about why would he waste his time calling me? Because I'm sure he wouldn't have wasted his time calling me if he didn't think the GM would want anything to do with me. So what actually happens behind closed doors? And I got this idea. If I can get stories from the four real angles that make up the pre-draft period, agents, coaches, scouts, and the players, maybe I can piece some stuff together. Now, it didn't go exactly how I planned, but it was for a good reason. I, I thought I'd have four sections. I'd ask each of these people you know, five or six topic questions in each chapter and get some answers from there. But I got about one or two interviews into this thing. And I realized if I did that, I'd be boxing in some really great stories. 
because they're so unique. So I said, you know what? I can keep the four sections, but I need to just give each guy their own chapter because the stories are just insane. And ultimately the goal was at the end of the day, if you read the book, you get all these amazing stories. You realize how unique the draft is, how really different each story is. But maybe when you watch the draft in the future and something happens that everyone on TV is yelling or the radio people on you know WIP are saying that makes no sense. Maybe you've heard a story from Bill Polian. Maybe you heard a story from Benny Blades and you say, I bet this happened. I bet this is why this happened. What was the goal of the book? So um, I love this idea for a book. First of all, I haven't read it yet, right? The the book might be terrible. I might hate it. But what I'll tell you is this. This is my preferred format of a book in that it's like a series of short stories. Because if I do read a book, it's like I'm on the beach, right? And I want to read, like, there's a book on Bill Polian. There's a book on Ron, I mean, a chapter on Ron Quiff, a, a chapter on Cower, a chapter on Mariucci, a chapter on Singletary, a chapter on Benny Bla- Like, that's what I like. I like, um, I like stories. I think everybody likes stories. And I think it's one of the reasons why I have some success in the media or whatever when I meet people or speaking engagements. People want to hear stories. They want to hear real stories, right? And so that's what the book is. It's these real short stories about the draft that I love. I probably won't get to this until the summer, but people are going to be walking by Stone Harbor, New Jersey, and seeing this big guy just sitting there reading about these stories, which I love. You know what's funny, Andy? I think I've told my listeners before. I only got two calls during the draft. One was during the first round, and one was maybe like the fifth round, both from the Cincinnati Bengals. They called me in the first round, and I think it was uh, Frank Verducci, and he said, we have you really high on our board, you know, like, um, just wanted to let you know that. Like, okay, great. That sounds awesome. And then, like, the next day, this is back when the draft was Saturday and Sunday. The right. next day, um, John Garrett from uh, reaches out to the Bengals. Hey, like I, I'm excited for you. Blah blah blah. The Bengals didn't try to get me after the draft. Very <laughs> similar, Andy. The Bengals did not try to get me after the draft. But when they called, so they called during the first round. I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to be a Bengal. Let's go, <laughs> um, dude. I could tell you a funny story about my draft day at some point as well. I got you know what's funny. I probably have like. Eight funny stories just from my pre-draft experience. Like I could do a mini book, a mini round zero inside the NFL draft by Andy Phillips um, or just on my draft story. Maybe I should. Maybe I will. Um, Tell me, like, give me one story. Like, you know, I want people to read the book. I want them to check it out. So give me one story that is enticing that people should check out. I'm going to actually hit Tony Mandrich, who some, if you're listening, you don't know who Tony Mandrich was when he was coming out, I believe it was 1989. He was deemed the greatest offensive line prospect in NFL history. He went number two overall to the green Bay Packers. He was the only guy in the top five in that draft to not end up in the pro football hall of fame. Troy Aikman went one, Tony Mandrich went two, Barry Sanders went three, Derek Thomas, the great Derek Thomas went four, and Deion Sanders goes number five. 
However, this is hindsight. When you go back to 1989, now I wasn't born yet, but again, thank God for technology. I can read anything I want and see anything I want to see. Tony Mandrich was not by any stretch of the imagination a bad pick for the Packers. It was need offensive line, greatest offensive line prospect ever. Tony Mandrich's story is fascinating because Tony ended up being what people call a bust. I called Tony and I said, I don't want to hear about your NFL career. That's not what this book is about. I want to hear what it was like for the greatest offensive line prospect ever at the time. What was your pre-draft like? And he told me some, something very fascinating. I'll, and I'll give this story away. It's a great chapter in the book. He went, he had his pro day at Michigan state. He's about six, six, three Oh eight pure muscle runs four, six, eight. And all the scouts were like hiding their stopwatch. Like they thought they messed up like, Oh, that's embarrassing. Right. And George Perlis, his coach at Michigan State, told him about it as he's kind of walking back. Like, they can't believe it. His next 40 goes 4'6'4 four, four, at 308 pounds. And anyway, so he goes, I benched 37 reps. I didn't care about that. I like the 40. But he goes to then dinner with Marty Schottenheimer and Peterson, the GM of the Kansas City Chiefs, go to a nice seafood steakhouse in East Lansing. And Tony's like, it's a great place. I got my, you know, my sport coat on. We sit down, we get some appetizers ordered. And they say, hey, we got a few questions for you. Yeah, shoot. And mind you, Kansas City holds the fourth pick in the draft. He's there, go ahead. First question out of their mouth was, do you do steroids? And mind you, Tony Manders just came out after his career and admitted that he did do steroids. But he told me, he goes, at this point, I hadn't really done them since July. So I knew it was okay. He goes, no, I've never done, or uh, what do you say? He says, no, I, 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 did not, uh, I did not currently take steroids, something like that. And like, well, I know that. Have you ever done that? He goes, nope. I'll, I'll go take, I'll, I'll go do a test for you right now in the bathroom if you want. Because he knew he was clean since July. And they're like, we don't believe you. And he's like, why don't you believe me? Goes, well, you know. You're 300 pounds. You just, we saw what you ran. The way you play in the field, you're extra, you know, angry and nasty. And we just, yeah, we just don't believe you. And he goes, well, hey, you know, I, I play every play. I guess my last play. Very political answer. The correct answer. I'll go do a test for you right now. And after a couple more times of Schottenheimer just sitting there going, don't believe you. Mandrish gets teed off, stands up. Andre's haven't even arrived, arrived yet. And he points at him and goes, don't you even think about effing drafting me. Guess what? You pick four, I won't even be there. And if, if you did try and take me, I'll never play in Kansas City. And stormed out. He's so embarrassed today to tell the story, which is, I think it's funny to kind of go back to when you're young in like, you know, the world's at, at your fingertips. He's so embarrassed by it to this day. I think that's a great version of the kind of stuff that these scouts and coaches and GMs are trying to get out of play. They're trying to see if they get a reaction. They did, unfortunately. They're trying to maybe there is a tough question that they could ask, and they kind of hit the hot button to see how they react to it. I think it's kind of the backstory of it. Now, he got the chance. Years later, he got invited. Him and Jim Irsay became friends. Jim Irsay was the owner of Colts when Tony was, uh, you know, ended his career in Indianapolis. Irsay invited him to the visitor owner suite in Kansas City for a game. He goes, yeah, sure, I'll come. He's sitting there, and Schottenheimer had just, you know, got done coaching Kansas City. So he wasn't coaching anymore. They're sitting in the, the visitor owner's suite, and there's only a glass wall that separates them from the homeowner's suite in Kansas City. And he looks over, and there's Marty Schottenheimer. And he's like, oh, my God, I got to apologize to him. I got to apologize to him. So they walk in the hallway after, like, you know, halftime between the quarter, 
and they bump into kind of each other. And he goes, and when Marty looked up, he goes, he thought he saw like a ghost. Like he was scared, like thought Tony was going to maybe hit him. And all Tony does is reach out. He goes, hey, I'm so sorry for acting like a, like a you know what back in the day. You know, I, I apologize for that. And he goes, Marty just kind of looked at him, like didn't even say a word. They just kind of walked separate ways. But I just, incredible story by Tony Mandrich and a uh, really humbling guy to talk to these days. But again, that's just one of the many stories. You get Aaron Rodgers, you get Warren Moons is very moving, actually. Uh, you get, obviously, you get Steve Mariucci has one of the most hilarious stories in the whole thing. Just really good. And I think the one that people learn the most from is Bill Polian's. And that's nothing against anybody else, but Bill Polian took three different franchises as a GM to at least conference conference championship weekend, and each one was totally different how he had to go about building it. It's awesome. You got to check it out. It's round zero inside the NFL draft by Andy Phillips. You can give Andy a follow at AFIL66. You guys know I am a huge fan of people that have real jobs but love the industry so much that they're willing to do stuff for free, willing to battle like Andy is to take the time to write this book. It's awesome, Andy. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you, Ross. Huge fan of yours. Thanks for being a trailblazer for former linemen. Oh, man. Uh, That's quite the compliment. Um, I I appreciate Raycon earbuds. Premium audio at the perfect price point so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. You guys know I'm a huge Raycon earbud guy. Anytime I'm like away from home, I'm doing the push-up and plank routine with my Raycon earbuds in. I rock them anytime I ride the bike, anytime I'm in a hotel. Huge fan. Listen, this is the key. Raycons start at half the price of the other premium audio brands, right? It's like you don't have to pay an arm and a leg, you can get multiple pairs of the everyday earbuds. Are you ready to buy something small that'll have a big positive impact on your life? Go to buyraycon.com slash Tucker today and you'll get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash Tucker to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash Tucker. Tucks takes. All right, Ross. We'll start with a few roster moves across the NFL where the Texans cut center Justin Britt, save them about $3 million. The Patriots are set to release quarterback Brian Hoyer, and the Bills sign offensive lineman Ike Botker. Botker. Butker. Butker. It almost sounds talking- like butt kicker. It's amazing. Butker. I love it. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think we knew Britt was probably gone. I was surprised the Texans ever gave him that contract. Uh, that's good that the Patriots are letting it known that Hoyer will be out there. I'm sure he can probably get signed as a backup somewhere. And if you're a guy like Butker and you're signing now, you're trying to make sure you at least have a chair. You're trying to make sure you at least have a seat or an opportunity somewhere before you lose it. Tuck takes. Some franchise tag news around the NFL. The Las Vegas Raiders plan to franchise tag Josh Jacobs. Same with the Dallas Cowboys and running back Tony Pollard and the Giants of Daniel Jones. And that continue, that seems to be a theme across the NFL. Yeah, I mean, the deadline's tomorrow, I think, 4 p.m. So we'll have to figure out, um, Jack, whether we do tomorrow's show in the morning or whether we do it right after the deadline at 4 p.m. We'll have Greg Cosell on the show with his 
combine thoughts, which should be great. Looking forward to that. Uh, and then we'll find out. But I think most of these guys are going to end up being tagged. It doesn't sound like a lot of these long-term deals are going to get done, although it's quiet now. And it's usually quiet before it ends up they get something done. Tucks takes. Some news around Philadelphia, Eagles wide receiver Zach Paschal was robbed and assaulted at gunpoint while the team parted ways to defensive back coach Denard Wilson. Yeah. Um, well, the Paschal thing is just scary. Always. Stuff like that. Very, very scary. Um, I mean, robbed and assaulted at gunpoint. You, know, you think he's worked so hard to get to this point. I, I can't imagine how traumatic that is. And the Denard Wilson thing, that happens a lot. When, you know, he was the key internal candidate for the D coordinator job, he got passed over. And so, you know, you don't know if the new DC wants him there because he, he'll be a malcontent, won't be happy. Or if Denard Wilson just says, well, obviously they don't think highly enough of me to give me the position. I should go somewhere else where maybe they will. Tuck takes. Probably the most important news to come out this past week. Alabama quarterback Bryce Young weighs in at 204 pounds, while Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson sets both broad jump and vertical jump records at the NFL Combine. So when you say most important, are you joking? Are you trolling? Or is it just because it got the most attention? I think it's just as important about Kenny Pickett being able to throw in cold weather like Pittsburgh. Nice, nice. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. I just wanted to make sure that you weren't serious there because based on the media, they were acting like it was the most important thing of the weekend. Like, what, is he going to be too over 200 or is he going to be under 200? Oh, my gosh. I'm waiting for bated breath. Dude, I went from 253 to 259 this weekend, okay? I'm not going to care that much about two or three pounds from a quarterback. Uh, We did see Anthony Richardson. He was unbelievable. Emery and I talked about that a lot on the College Draft Podcast. So encourage you guys to check that out, just like I encourage you to get some Labatt Blue beer. If you want to take things to the next level, Drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends. Live life to the power of we. I got a boys weekend coming up. Ski weekend out in Colorado. They better have some Labatt Blue Lights. That's all I know. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer. Labatt USA. Buffalo, New York. I will say one more thing. Um, The Rams are looking to trade Allen Robinson. He had a bad year. Playing 10 games. Only had 300 yards. But he's playing with a stress fracture in his foot. Their O-line was terrible. Stafford was not good. I mean, that whole team was a disaster. There's a reason why the Rams gave him the money they did the year before. And I still wonder whether or not he can play at a high level. I think there's going to be some people that think that Allen Robinson's better than Juju or Jacoby Myers or any of the receivers that are available as free agents, and I put that on Twitter. Uh, the Rams are willing to pay a portion of that $15.25 million guaranteed other than that i think we're done here oh no we're not no we're not we're not we're not, we're not. don't do you do ah! good <laughs> save jack pizza boy brewing i was there saturday delicious always sport of culture humanheadnyc.com steakhousesports.com go bangles.com evergreen economics back office schedule.com my front page story.com now we're done here 
Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.